afternoon, folks. Welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Seeds, for Monday, the 7th of August, 2023. I'm joined by Callum. Today. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about uh, Romanians, Unstoppable Kennedy, and uh, how AI is going to ruin another thing that we love. You haven't seen the Barbie film yet? No, I haven't. Um, it's I, good. I, I don't know if I should say this later on so people on YouTube can also know, but I, don't, I haven't seen it, so this is going to be a bit weird. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's fun, though. Uh, it's, we're just going to be talking about the reaction to it, which okay. is uh, as predictable as you might think. But, um, but anyway, right, let's, let's get on with it. What's going on with Romanians? The Romanians, they've struck. They hit, they hit the White House. <laughs> 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 so <I'm... laughs> they hit the Pentagon, no. <laughs> uh, it's even a Romanian catchphrase, like the Allah Akbar version for Romanians. I don't have one. It's the gypsies, not, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to make jokes that will get us cancelled. Well, I mean, um, I'm not learning this bit, don't worry. Oh, good, good thinking. I suppose yeah. it's still public. <laughs> anyway, so please be kind to the Romanians. They don't know what they've done. They're innocent little creatures. Uh, all Europeans know Romanians as the... No, I can't, I can't do that. That's, that's <laughs> too cruel to mislead the Americans into <laughs> thinking that. However... Um, Every Romanian I've ever met has been a very nice person. They are absolutely lovely, of course. They just are disproportionately represented in um, loving... Uh, leather wallets. However, <laughs> we're not talking about their love of leather, leather wallets today. Uh, just, just quickly, I've been friends with uh, V, a Romanian, for years, right? And if there's one thing I've learned about Romanians is they're a profoundly cynical people. Uh, they, 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 they like the fact that we British are like naively optimistic about morality, but they're a lot more realistic about things. Oh, there's going to be a lot of consequences of that fast. Oh, is there? Really? Okay. So we'll start off by promoting something on Lotuseers.com, which will solve everything I'm about to tell you that's wrong in the world, which is why feminist immigration will save the West. I keep bringing this up on every immigration segment because I'm not joking. I keep saying this every time as well. I'm like, do it. Get on with it. Anyway, yeah. get back to it. Because the news is that I, I stole this title from the fact that you can't make fun of the disabled because there's nothing funny about them. No. As everyone will know who enjoys Ricky Gervais. Anyway, getting back to them at another time, though. It's a lovely bit of comedy for people who don't know about the fact that, you know, the storyline is telling you don't make fun of the disabled whilst mocking them because David Brent and his yeah. uh, mess up. Now, at the same time, um, well, a similar thing has happened with immigration, of course. Now, the whole reason this came to my mind is that the BBC, this chap here, decided to do a lovely little report, a lovely bit of local journalism yeah. in London. Come down. Oh, all the years of rough sleeping. I've never seen anything like this. Oh, what I love about this is happened. This is literally going to be like ten minutes walk away from the BBC studios. So, like the hard hitting journalism, they walked around the block. <laughs> it's finally on my street. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't know if someone mentions it here. Oxford Street. There we are. So, yeah, <laughs> literally, right, right it's going to be center, right next to them. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. But we shall begin because you know it's a serious topic, homelessness. It's it's hugely grown in the last twenty years for some reason. And uh, so I Since thought about nineteen ninety seven when something happened. I'm telling you, man, it really is like the day everything changed. Yeah, it Just is. Just whatever graph you pick. Yes. But yes. We'll, we'll Tony start, Blair did this to us. We'll start with his uh, news report on how are things going around the BBC office. London, July 2023. 3am on Britain's most famous shopping street. Along a small section of Oxford Street, dozens of people rough sleeping. At least we're not just handing them out needles and drugs like San Francisco. It could be worse. It could Things be. And can always get worse. Yeah. And at least, at least they're Romanians, so you know they're not that. You know, it's like 
Well, that's the thing. Obviously, They've got reasonable expectations of us. Most responses were just like, oh, how could this be happening to the British? But of course, most of us have seen a statistic or two yeah. about London. So I'll let this guy talk on. Most of them were told are Romanian. Some have jobs, some are begging, some are illegal, all are homeless. Why would any of them need to be illegal? Like yeah. The borders are so wide open. That's a good question. Why would anyone need to be an illegal immigrant into this country? I just don't understand. Well, I mean, for Romanians, I mean, they could come here whilst we were part of the EU for a short yeah. period. So there's that, I suppose. Yeah. But the, the fact that it's Romanian is actually quite odd. It's, it's not usual that Romanians are this level of homeless. Mm. And we'll get back to that in a minute. Strange. But he goes on because he then interviews one of the local homeless people. And of course, they can barely speak English. There are at least 62 people sleeping in this small area, mainly men, but women as well, including couples. One of Britain's most famous streets being used as a bed by scores of people. As we were filming, 24-year-old Fernando woke up. It's not easy life in, in the street, because sometimes no have eating, no have money. Some people is drugs, drinking, come here, push like this, speaking, no, no, no speak nice. This is terrible. How could this happen to a Spanish chap here? I mean, Spain is just a third world country. I mean, of course he came to London to be homeless. Much better. Is he Spanish, though? I mean, just because his name's Fernando doesn't necessarily mean he's Spanish. I was referring that a little bit from the accent, but either way. Also, I, can't, I couldn't make it out. It was bloody. Not a local chap? Yeah, an average British man. The, the normal solution would be um, go home, uh, I would have thought, um, in my opinion. Most responses were not that, though. But real quick, just want to prove something, which is the question I said earlier about, you know, if you're Romanian, it's quite unusual to be homeless, actually. Well, I have some data. Oh, yeah. There you are. List of sovereign states by homeless population. Yeah. And I mean, you can already see the color difference there. But so Romania, for every 10,000 people, they have seven homeless people. In the UK, we have 54.4. Bloody hell, really? Yeah. It's, it's massively shot up over the last 20 years since something Since happened. the event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, man, that, the Mitchell and Webb stuff. Yeah, I know. It's aged really well, hasn't it? Remain and, indoors. And the irony, the irony is, like, I love in the, in the little segment, you know, the event. They can't talk about the event. They can't look outside. And it's literally how we are now. It's like, we can't talk about it. Why? Because it's racist. We can't talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's just not allowed. We just have to soldier on in a very British fashion. Whereas uh, Wikipedia are doing a bit better on being able to talk about things, such as <laughs> listings and data. Really? They're still allowed to, apparently. I don't know where about it is, but there we are. Historical population of Romanians in the UK. You can know in 2007, it was 24,000. It's now 539,000. 2001, it was 7,000. Yeah, this is perfectly natural and normal. I'm told. I'm not yeah, it's, sure. It's totally normal for us to have half a million Romanians. Love since we 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 do Brexit. There's 220, sorry, 240,000 more there. Right? Yeah, cool. which is weird because it was non-EU migration that went up mostly. Mm. Okay, the Romanians massively up so, and yeah. um, but you can see in in 2019 to 2020 a minus 20 percent drop. So 100,000 of them left, and then 200,000 were like, no, no, we're going back. Why? I know there'll be a lot of Romanians watching being like, I suspect a certain type of Romanian has made that journey. This, is, this is what I like about the cynical Romanian worldview. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, very, very blunt about things. Unfortunately for V, um, you're not allowed to say such things here, so yeah. we'll leave that there, but you're probably right. Anyway, we'll go to the responses, because the responses are the thing that really made me think, like the BBC being stupid, whatever. But what is wrong with people? 
This is just criminal what the Tories have done. I mean, hold that thought. Yes. Technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they have kept the borders open. No, no, they haven't just kept the borders open. They've widened them. They're, yeah, they've widened the borders. So, yes, you are correct, but for the wrong reasons, John. There's some other guy here who went up with, uh, it's Brexit's fault. How, how could Brexit <laughs> do this to us? Right. What? Huh. For many, many years, the Tories and Brexiteers, especially Tory Brexiteers, have, re- have said that they want to turn the UK into another USA. Look like they're really achieving that. Don't get me wrong. I, again, totally right for the wrong reasons. I agree. I don't want to turn Britain into the United <laughs> States of America. But that's what the European Union is trying to do to Europe. You morons. Including the open borders for illegals. I mean, that's kind of a feature like of the, the US at this point. Literal federal super state spanning a continent. Ah, yes. We don't want to be just like America. That is America. Morons. Anyway, sorry. There's also another argument I saw quite often, but this next chap encompasses it, which is um, just seeing how far leftists have removed themselves from the working man <clears> to <throat> their new concerned constituency. A first step to solving the problem would be to confiscate all the palaces, cottages, barns, and stables from the aristocrats. What? what? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry. That, that... <laughs> And then convert them into accommodation for the homeless. I've, the homeless. Seen, I've seen this take before. Well, can't we put the homeless in Buckingham Palace? <laughs> no, we can't put homeless foreigners in Buckingham Palace, okay? As a Brit, I find that demeaning. I don't want the Palace of Buckingham to be populated by homeless foreigners. But at least 20 years ago, someone <laughs> Just, might have made an argument to you, Carl, be like, well, the homeless who fought for this country, you know, put them off in Buckingham Palace. Why the not? homeless who fought for this country. Well, you know, homeless um, uh, ex-servicemen or something, right? Yeah, but none of them... Re- but that's what's changed. Yeah. Like that argument might have been made 20 years ago by a leftist. Yeah. It sounded, you know, somewhat convincing. But for Romanians who would be much better off from Romania in the homeless department, according to the stats, by almost 10 times. But yeah. no, they just they, they want to be homeless in London to so give them Buckingham Palace. Yes, I mean it's just. Well, I mean, they probably homeless. get money from the government. So, oh, there's that too. But uh, there's some other stuff. I saw people responding. This is Edgware Road. Uh, these were all Roma. Oh, really? Uh, the other ones, we're not sure if they were Roma. Can't say. Who would know? Anyway, I have a solution, in case you're wondering. It's a cheaper one than Buckingham Palace. Skyscanner. It's a lovely website where you can get cheap flights. We're not sponsored by them, but if you want to, go ahead. Wow, those <laughs> are cheap flights. Yeah, these are to Romania. I mean, we go to the what? capital here for £16. There you are, from London to Bucharest there. This is uh, in a month's time. This is in October. So you don't even have to wait Jesus. long. There we are. Some more of the expensive foreign destinations, but I mean, the cheapest one, 11. I had no idea you get flights that cheap. Did you not? No. Oh, you really need to learn. That's, that's yeah. good. Skyscatter, sponsor us for Christ. <laughs> Give me some money. I, I could say more nice things about you and display more. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's unbelievably cheap. Okay. But my point being, I think, like, that guy begging. Yeah, he could beg enough to get a flight <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and probably buy himself food on the way back. Not being funny, but. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of world is it where you could actually go begging and get a plane ticket? That's the world we live in. I mean, you would think that would be a good and positive capitalist success story. Instead, it seems that you go begging in Romania and get enough flight to get a flight to the UK, and then you just <clears throat> sell in. Because why not, I suppose. And you may remember the story of the Romanians in the UK, this being a very specific instance, was brought up by Nodger Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. upon a time. He was like, oh, wasn't he like, oh, millions of them could come? And they were like, don't be a racist. Of course not. I was like, well, racist against Romanians. Yeah. Racist against my fellow Europeans. I mean, hey. If you say so, but he's not wrong, is he? I mean, there are questions about the Italians, but the Romanians? I mean, of all the Balkan people. <laughs> anyway, but him here saying that maybe yeah. quite a few of them might want to come, and obviously they did. Uh, you may remember at the time, I remember Charlie Brooker making this, for example, 
I don't know if you ever saw Charlie Brooker's stuff. Oh, yes. I used to like it. Yeah. So there was this section from his screen wipe where he's like, in 2014, look, because you may remember that's when they started getting free access. And a whole one man came on the plane. Ah, yes, Charlie. And the media made this whole thing of like, oh, there was only one of them. Oh, and who is it? It's this guy. What do you want to do, Mr. Victor? And he's like, I want to get a job. Well, can we go back to how many Romanians were here in 2014? Just on your... Ah, just one, wasn't it? It's just... <laughs> oh, 170,000. Right, okay. It already started coming. So the, the media did their due diligence, checked the stats, and found one guy on one plane. And we're like, well, there we go. That's my job done. I, I am done for the week. Yeah. Cheerio. I'm and going for a pint. Of course, Victor became like their poster boy, because that's what they want you to believe, which is literally one man came. And that, and that was it. Yeah. So you have here, his Victor saying, I don't have any reason to go home because he's got a great life, now working construction or whatever. I think he's running his own company, actually. Very Good much. for him. Yeah, obviously. Great. But the numbers... I'm glad that he's not a homeless man in the street. <laughs> but there are plenty of them. <laughs> Just... Romania has less of per yeah. 10,000. What do you want? There was a rather funny moment, though, where he did do an interview and was just like, I hate it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Romanian uh, says he wants to go home now. Regrets choice. Well, if it helps, it's only 11 pounds. Uh, yeah, so I can I could give you that myself, my friend. There is there is that, and uh, meanwhile, Romania jumped to be the fourth largest source of migrants to the UK, which again has ended up with not just people who want to set up their own company, but instead people who want to pay eleven pounds to beg in London. Which... I just want to point out, right, that unironically behind you is a statue of Poseidon, and I every morning wake up and I literally pour out a libation to Poseidon to make the North Sea and the English Channel just the most unpalatable, uncrossable, death typhoon, you can imagine. Well, that would only be for the sea people. It, it, that's well, your, fine. Your problem is the that's numbers fine. of legal as well. Just, just something, right? Just well, something, right? Because, I mean, maybe maybe I'll pray to some sort of sky god to send tornadoes. I mean, the planes are grounded and hurricanes, so the planes are grounded. But we have literally resulted, we've, we've fallen back on purely the anthropomorphized, instruments of nature itself to defend Britain because no one else fucking will. You start making sacrifices to Vulcan, see if you can get Reykjavik to start Maybe. gleaming out smoke again. Maybe. Remember that? We, ha we, we haven't tried it. Grounded all of Europe. It hasn't failed yet. So, right? you know. <laughs> Maybe we should. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not against this at all. And honestly, I can't think of anything else because there's literally no other political party in Westminster <laughs> that even gives a damn or will do anything. So you're standing for the Vulcan party now. Just... Yeah, I, I'm literally standing for, for not, just, not, not just Vulcan, the entire ancient Greek pantheon, actually. Vulcan's the Roman one, but the, the entire ancient Greek pantheon uh, to save Britain from our politicians. Well, that's worth a shot. Definitely give you that. Poseidon hasn't failed me yet. The Conservatives, on the other hand, a constant disappointment. So where are you going to put your faith? But, but do be, please be kind to the Romanians. I don't have a problem with the Romanians. Nothing. I have a problem with the bloody politicians. Nothing Roma about them. Yeah. Anyway, but there, there's one other conversation to be had that's pocked up in immigration mm -hmm. debates, and I think you saw it as well. Just begging for natural disasters. Well, not well, that one as well. But a lot of toffs started talking about their blessed land, the city of London, and that's yeah. about it. The only thing they really care about. Oh, yeah. The, the blessed land that is the city of London. There you are. So this guy here being like, there should be no social housing. And this chap going, there should be no social housing in this area. I mean, I agree with him. Just this part. Just for the wrong reasons. Well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all up for social housing, even in London, to be honest. And I could make a very good argument on the basis of, let's say... You've got, I want to inflict pain on you. No. If you've got a chap who's, uh, you know, let's say the best case scenario, the one that's always advertised when you make it a government policy, that's never really true, but whatever. Yeah. Might as well. There's a guy in Newcastle, he's a genius, he would be a financial uh, whiz, he would make us loads of money, so maybe, you know, if he wanted access to a house in London to jumpstart his career, that would be a perfect thing for us to be able to offer to someone like that. So it wouldn't just be social housing, but, you know. Then we're going to give out literally three of these a year. 
yeah, um, but that that's not what any of those houses no. are used for, obviously. No. Uh, this chap here responded with, no, utterly no, and no again, to be clear. They have as much right to live in London as you or I do. A good state provides for them, for you, for me, and the Duke of Westminster at the same time. But is it scroll down? I think I've got the top reply to this. So you're just telling him to kill himself. Then? No, no. <laughs> where, where, does, where does my right to live in London at taxpayer expense originate? Who knows? Who like, knows what it could possibly be? But I, I looked at this guy's profile. He claims to have a PhD in philosophy or something. He's a citizen of London. Doctor of philosophy. Sorry, what? How can you have a doctor of philosophy and say something as unsubstantiated as that? Well, I mean, I, not to be rude, but I mean, look at the age. And just look at his face. Yeah, uh, raise the burning age. Physiognomy check. Get me out of it, frankly. Yeah. But moving on, because um, there's some people making the point, of course, which is that the Tory manifesto now, if that's to be true, is that people who weren't here 20 years ago are now, well, they deserve social housing in the center of London, somewhere which, as I mentioned, if you could get a kid from the north who really struggles, we could jump size career with that. Instead, we just, we just have to give it to foreigners. I mean, there's the data. It's a bit small on there. But you can see of people in social housing who arrived before, sorry, after 2001. Yeah. Um, there you are, 18%, 19%. 20% of the city of London is on social housing. The oh. people who arrived in the last 20 years of course, that's not the only people who just turned up and are foreign-born are still demanding free housing because um, literally yeah. give me that for free. We can see it here with the Labour Party trying to help such people. Yeah. Yeah. This was a story. Yeah. She had a video that went viral that she put on TikTok saying, are you illegal in the UK? I'll help you with everything that can be done. And you think the Conservatives would be like, okay, give us a list because we're going to repeal it all. Well, I mean, there's kind of a common theme for such people as well. I'm not trying to be rude, but this lady here, Miss Ali, yeah. Um, I think she might come from a certain community that overuses such housing. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. yeah um, this chap here was making the argument that Khalid, the neurosurgeon, seems to be <laughs> shaking up rather a lot of it. And uh, presumably the, the, the neurosurgeons she was helping were... I mean, this is a left-wing meme real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. that you'll see all the time. They're stealing our jobs. Yes, yeah, Gary, yeah. with your single GCSE. Well, let's check out Khalid, the neurosurgeon. Khalid doesn't have any bloody GCSEs. <laughs> what? Khalid wouldn't be talking about GCSEs if he was a neurosurgeon. <laughs> you ever meet someone who's got like a degree in the sciences and they tell you, oh, got, got, got an E in Spanish. <laughs> they just <laughs> never bring it up, do they? Gotta be in maths though, so you know. <laughs> no, here we have uh, uh, the Bangladeshi community that Miss Ali may come from. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Don't know what the giveaway could be. Um, percentage, 61% in Hammersmith and Fulham. City of London, um, there's not much social housing, obviously. 80%. 69% in Tower Hamlets. 80% of all Bangladeshis in the city of London, the really rich part, live in social housing. Why is there any in the city of London? 81% in Westminster. The only low percentages <laughs> are literally just because the Bangladeshis all stay in the same place. Yeah. As you can see here, 88% can them. 44% of all Bangladeshis in London are in social housing. That is mad. Yes. That is just I mean, just get that through your head. You're paying for it. You're yeah. paying for half of all the Bangladeshi population of London to have a free house because they deserve it more than you or I, or as <laughs> much as you or I. And I just want to be clear, I don't think that we should be paying for British people to have free houses in London either. Like, I'm against the idea of us just giving money to people. But at least, as I mentioned earlier, for that chap who was talking about the Romanians, 20-odd years ago, you could argue for, you know, we've got Gary here, who has those three GCSEs who fought for the British Army, um, who kind of wants a house. Because, you know... Get a job, Gary! has got PTSD or whatever. Let's say the best case scenario. Let's say, fair enough. Uh, okay, we'll help you on get your feet. Get a job that isn't triggering. And then we'll get you back into a job. Yeah. Right? But instead, no. Literally, our opposition is a foreigner central. I do love... It's not the highest percentage, though. That 44%. We have here 
Um, our good friend. <laughs> Drogba. Just making a good meme. Yeah, oh yeah, he does. I don't know if you read the number here. 72% yes. of Somalis I covered this the other day with Peter Whittle. Literally nearly three quarters of all the Somalis in London have been just, paid just as much Whittle. a right to a free house as anyone else's child in this country. I mean, you might have worked all hard all your life to make sure you can pay for things. Uh, maybe your children would have some kind of access to a safety net. But I tell you, that safety net is really for Somalia. Remember this next time you see the taxes come out of your wage slip. Actually, just literally, just remember this. You're paying for good, honest, I was going to say hardworking, but obviously not, uh, Somalians <laughs> to live in social housing. There you have it. And social housing sounds, it sounds like abstract, right? You're paying for them to live in a house. Free state housing. Free state housing, yeah. There you are. But we'll have the last thing here. Which no, but is, even the word free, that's too much. Because that makes it sound like it, housing. Yeah, it, it, it descended sure. from the, the skies and that it just, it's unconnected with anything. No, 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 no. You're paying for Somalians to live in London. Why? Well, Why the hell? Wouldn't you like to... Well, probably not live in London. That's, that's No. But wouldn't you like to live in a London that a different kind of... <laughs> wouldn't it be a kind of boost to your career if you could have that for free? Well, they do. Anyway, but this is just the last point here from Matthew Goodwin, which is that... I mean, never even mind the state-funded housing. I mean, we have a whole other conversation about the other stuff. Yeah. But um, we're not here to do that. Instead, uh, we're here to be kind to Romanian Romas and, and such others because it is their land now and enjoy London. It is, it is belonging to you. You have just as much a right to it to anyone else in the world, apparently. At least according to the Tory Toffs. I just hate it so much. I, I don't blame you. It's uh, quite a pain. I have to pay tax. That's the thing that annoys me. I have to pay tax. Part of me is wondering. I'm a net taxpayer. You see, it really annoys me. not transferring this, so I can. Do you see Tommy talking about bringing the EDL back? Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I kind of looked at it and went, yeah, now might be the time. Yeah. I can't think of a... Uh, Why not? What, what's even the argument against yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So they Why turn not? up to London and go, look, 73% of Somalis get free houses Yeah, from us. <laughs> <laughs> I think the English need defending. <laughs> I wasn't involved in politics when the EDL were a thing, which is why I'm not connected to the EDL. But the new EDL, like the new IRA, except you know, better <laughs> instead of worse. I, I will happily make the philosophical argument for the EDL. You're going to be the Jerry Adams of the EDL, are you? Maybe if I have All to right. be. Someone's got to be. Should we move to something more fun? I'll let Douglas Murray do that. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you condemn these? No. <laughs> They've been forced into this by the British government. <laughs> no, no more, no more. But are they wrong? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, let's talk about the Barbie movie. I watched the Barbie movie. You haven't seen it, have you? I haven't. Uh, I mentioned to you beforehand, but I'll mention this so people understand where I'm coming from because I might be a bit quiet in this, mm. which is that me and Daisy were actually really hyped for the Barbie movie and we were talking about it yeah. beforehand. And then it came out and it became everyone's pet political thing and I've still missed it. So I've been trying to ignore it. Honestly, but you should go and watch it. It's actually quite good. I've been trying to ignore it to not get spoilers. Right, okay, well... I it's mean, a bit late for that now. Yeah, it's a bit late for that. But the thing is, if it helps, it's actually a really complicated film that has many different layers and no one really seems to understand it. So don't worry about the spoilers because people seem to just be guessing it wrong, which is weird. But yes, I will be doing like a three-hour breakdown of the Barbie movie at some point. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm actually going on holiday next week, so it's going to be in a couple To write of it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, to write it, yeah. Going, going to an alpine retreat to spend... To wear full pink yeah. and sit there to spend, a to spend a week alone to create this masterpiece. No, but they, they, there's a lot to it, actually. And just, it's really weird, people's responses. Uh, but before we go on, if you want to support us, go to lowseas.com and watch this 
difficult conversation about sexuality and gender that I had for Tanza. And this is actually very germane to this because much of the Barbie movie revolves around the lack of male-female relationships in the concept of Barbie. And this is something that Philip actually has done a good job of bringing out uh, of like the, there's a kind of layer of obfuscation that we have when talking about, say, the LGBT community. And once you actually properly understand where he's coming from, because he's been in both worlds, uh, actually he makes some really good points that I hadn't considered because I've always been a really boring straight man. Uh, and so I didn't really think about the things that he said because he's an ex-gay porn actor. right? And so he's like, look, there's, there's a lot to understand. I'm not going to go into it now because obviously that's what that's for. Um, but anyway, right. So let's, let's talk about um, Ben Shapiro destroying the Barbie movie for three minutes. This meme has been shared a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, um, can I, I can't scroll. To click on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just scroll down. You'd have to watch it. So yeah, two and a half million views in 2.5, uh, two weeks, which is great. Um, but the thing is, as you can see, it's 60,000 downvotes on that. Uh, and only 85 up. So is that leftist being like, shut up? Or is it right-wingers being like, I have a new interpretation? Probably left-wingers. Okay. Um, but the thing is, Ben Shapiro took this the entire wrong way and failed, in my opinion, to properly understand what was being said in the Barbie movie. Uh, it's not actually just a feminist film. It's actually really reactionary which I'm not going to even explain. It just really is. Uh, Matt Walsh also wrote an article about this that apparently is not... <laughs> the article? <laughs> no, but uh, this, this uh, for some reason, is not included on this list. But uh, Barbie... Matt Walsh just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Barbie's Barbie delivers feminism with a man-hating sledgehammer. It's like, uh, but Barbie doesn't hate men. The, the film itself doesn't hate men and is actually really sympathetic. Uh, and this actually is a problem that feminists are grappling with now. It's like, hang on a second. Why is everyone talking about Ken in the Barbie movie? Literally everyone's talking about Ken. Nobody is talking about Barbie, which is actually a shame because there's actually an interesting character arc for Barbie and for women to understand and take away from Barbie. However, Ken is the interesting thing about the Barbie movie. I mean, I had never watched a film with Ryan Gosling in it before, so I had no idea what he was like as an actor, but he was actually really good really entertaining and very um, charming to watch. Like he, he portrays the character in a very sympathetic way, but he's also like, he's the best thing when he's on the screen. You know, his Ken is the thing that you want to watch. And I, it, one of the things about the movie is like, well, can I get more of this? You know, cause I want more Ken discovering patriarchy, which honestly is a, it's a great line. It's a great like angle to have on it. You know, Ken discovers patriarchy. He's like, Hey, this is brilliant. It's like, yeah, it is. Let's have more of that. Let's have more young men discovering the brilliance of patriarchy, please. Barbie movie. And then let's have Barbie choosing patriarchy at the end, shall we? Barbie movie, which does happen. Again, no one seems to understand this movie. I'm going to talk about it in great depth. But anyway, Matt Walsh uh, goes on and has a very poor take on it. And this is surprising, right? Because I just want to be clear. I really like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. You know, I really like the guys yeah, at Daily Wire. We've gone over a load of their stuff because it's great. We're fans of these people. And I'm surprised they had this kind of knee-jerk reaction to the Barbie movie because actually, and it was it was only really Michael Knowles, who's honestly one of my favorites in the Daily Wire, who really understood, hang on a second, there's a lot more to this film than the sort of, I don't know, it's kind of like 
the, the reaction I got from Ben and Matt was kind of like boys with hurt feelings because the girls weren't respecting them or something. And it's like, yeah, no, there's, there's way more to it than that. And you're like, you're being triggered by this at the beginning. Um, John, I'm getting an echo for some reason. Um, right. Okay. I, I haven't seen it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, this, this was, uh, basically my response, uh, which is, um, you, a joke you don't get actually. I mean, I do, but I don't know the, the reference. Exactly, yeah. Well, you don't get the joke. I understand right. the Islamic bits. So that's fine. Still get it. I mean, it literally was through jihad that Ken takes over Barbie's dream home. Does he actually come back with uh, a big beard and a sword? Or he doesn't? Because I did see beard, a bunch of Islamic versions of Barbie and Ken. He didn't. He doesn't have a beard, but in all of the ways, yeah. Okay, so the Taliban return. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, Ken takes over Barbie land like the Taliban. Yeah, that's that's actually. But the, the funniest bit is the Barbies love it. <laughs> the Barbies are like, isn't this great? Okay. And weird Barbie has to, the, the sort of weird deformo feminist Barbie um, is just like, huh, we need to brainwash them away from the patriarchy. So we've got to have feminist struggle sessions. Who's, uh, who's weird feminist Barbie? Is that the main character? or is that No, no, no. That's a side character. Obviously. Okay. Um, the, the main character is stereotypical Barbie, who is a Margot Robbie. Um, weird Barbie is, she was in Ghostbusters. This place, like the female one, yeah, yeah, the female ghost. That's all I need to hear. They're yeah. all the same, yeah, yeah. But she's like, you know, but she she wasn't bad as the character actually. But basically, she has to they they have to like kidnap the Barbies and brainwash them into feminism in order to get them to stop loving patriarchy, uh, which is just great. I mean, honestly, that's just so great. I mean, and the thing is, Ken institutes patriarchy actually not using necessary force. He just goes in and explains the irresistible logic of patriarchy to them, and the Barbies like, yeah, that sounds brilliant. He doesn't even force them into it. He just literally explains patriarchy and they're like, oh, brilliant. Can I have that? And they're like, isn't this great? <laughs> it's just like, okay. I mean, that is kind of the Zoomer experience. I know. But the boomers will come to you and be like, once upon a time, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, yeah, why can't we do that? Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Let's have it. Um, yes. So let's get to some of the media reactions to Barbie because I've really enjoyed it. Does Barbie hate men and is Ken an incel? Ken is definitely an incel because <laughs> he, he actually doesn't have a penis. So he's obviously an incel. Right. And moreover, Barbie doesn't like him. She's not, well, she, it's not that she doesn't like him. She's not like horrible to him, but she doesn't love him. You know, she doesn't want a romantic relationship with Ken. Ken wants a romantic relationship with him, her. And so it's kind of sad and tragic. Right. But I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, this is why I'm kind of departing and leaving like Barbie's girls' toys is much of my reaction. But yeah, yeah, is, that was my initial reaction too. Is, is Ken meant to be a partner for Barbie in the originals or is he meant to yeah, be a, yeah. a boyfriend? Ken, Ken's Sorry, a, like a, a friend who's a boy. No, no. Ken, Ken, Ken and Barbie are meant to have a romantic relationship. From the dolls as well? Yeah. Or just the movie? Okay. From the dolls. As I understand it. I might be wrong. I'm not an expert on Barbie. Uh, but that's, that's what I have managed to gather. And that's the unwritten implication that underpins the Barbie-Ken relationship. And at the end, Barbie's like, I don't love you. So, you know, you've got to find out who you are as as just Ken and he's just like I'm literally made in relation to Barbie like there is no just Ken why would there be a just Ken but it's like okay let's explore that though why not just have a just Ken what's just Ken like he likes patriarchy and cars and horses okay well come on let's talk about this you know anyway we'll get to it but also you don't just want um Mick I mean Mick that's fun. kind of what it is yeah it's yeah but that's not really the end goal surely I mean, no. as much as I appreciate the MGTOWs, I mean, everyone does admit that like, it would be nice to have a loving wife and family. Yes, well, that's the point. The, the Barbie movie, Barbie Land, makes MGTOWs out of all the Kens. 
but that's not what Barbie chooses in the end. That's not what she wants. And so this is why all the feminists and a bunch of conservatives have failed to understand this film, right? It's, it's I, honestly, right? In parts, it is some of the most brutal takedown of feminism that I've ever seen. And I don't think I could have taken feminism down as brutally as the Barbie movie does. It's genuinely savage, right? Like the, I, I'm not going to spoil the, the, the hours long review and in, examination. It's just interesting coming from you. It's like any Sarkeesian the past week was yeah. finally gone. And even you're sat yeah. there, misogynist in chief, being like, the Barbie movie has destroyed feminism. What now? It's honestly, it's shocking. And none of the feminists seem to see it. And that's even more amusing, actually. Um, but I had, I had, I've seen a lot of women. I spoke to a couple of women who have seen it, who said they kind of cried at the end uh, when Barbie becomes a real woman. Real woman. Um, and so it's like, right. So the feminist gloss uh, can be melted away by human emotion, is what they're saying. Really. My wife watched the Barbie movie. She, uh, she was like, eh, it was all right. Barbie didn't learn anything at the end, though. It's like, okay, well, that's good. You know, my wife was just contemptuous of it. She was like, she treats Ken terribly, and she didn't learn anything. It's like, yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, right, so let's, let's talk about uh, just some of the reactions, right? Because there's been a huge amount of, um, I was going to say ink spilt, but obviously not ink. Um, but they say, who's... Here they say, who's more of an incel than a dude with romantic feelings than just a smooth blob for a crotch? It's Ken. He thinks he's a 10, but Barbie doesn't want him. Ken is a 10, right? Like in, in you know, Ryan Gosling's got legions of adoring female fans. Like he's super famous, super wealthy, you know, good looking and everything. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> incel. Exactly. Exactly. If Barbie Land can even make Ryan Gosling into an incel, then the problem is Barbie Land, right? The problem isn't Ryan Gosling. <laughs> The problem is the philosophy that props all of this up, right? But uh, anyway, they, they say, look, Barbie doesn't hate men at all. It may actually be the perfect film for incels to watch if they had some sense of self-awareness. It's like, oh, my friend, you've literally pasted incel under Ryan Gosling and you're like critiquing other people for not having self-awareness. Come on, right? Uh, Ken is an incel, but he grows out of it. He doesn't grow out of it. That's the thing. <laughs> he, he grows into MGTOW. Which is like, I suppose, a voluntary celibate then, you know. Uh, but it's a blueprint for how angry men can transcend their lonely situation. But is it, though? Right? So Barbie, Barbie Land, they admit, is a colorful matriarchy. And uh, the Barbies live alone, even though the Barbies have a corresponding Ken. They live alone because they're girl bosses. And the Kens seem to be regulated to a subservient underclass. This is the feminist future for you. This does sound like feminist fantasy. Yes. That's what I assumed it was going to be. Yes. Uh, and this is what Ben Shapiro reacted to, obviously. But you're missing the point, right? Uh, because it's pretty evident that this is kind of the evil future that feminism wants for women. But is isn't... It, hang on. I got a question because mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So is it is the neighborhood like one of those American streets where it's the end of the street and then there's big circular houses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's funny about that is you remember we were talking about Don't Worry Darling which was a movie which was like the perfect life. Yeah. And it was also the women's perfect life, even though it was a whole dream thing. And I don't want to get into all that. Mm -hmm. But it was 1950s America. That's what they chose. Yeah. Just where the men buggered off and they had all the money in the world so they could go shopping. Yeah. But I mean, these are Barbie dream No, houses. but then you've got the feminist evil version of that. Yeah. But it's that. Where they live alone. Yes. The husband does not come home no. at six and, and make love to you. No. No, instead you just... You just... You're on your own. And have you achievements. And you work for corporations. That's what I mean. They, and, and they're right. They're, so look, they, they say in this, right, 
Barbie detractors look at this and believe it's supposed to be the idyllic paragon of society, according to the filmmakers, and the film is promoting matriarchy. That's clearly not the case, though, as the film proves that nobody in Barbie land is suffering under the matriarchy. Uh, they are. The Kens are suffering. Yeah, which is were as well. Well, they are, because the, the reason that the, the film sort of actually kicks off into the proper story is that Barbie starts having intrusive thoughts of death. Like, it's not weird, is it? You know, you're just walking, oh, I'm going to die. Oh my God, does anyone else worry about dying? Everyone's like, what? You know, it's like, look, there's something wrong with Barbie Land. And that's the point. The Kens are also suffering in the Barbie Land because the Kens live this wretched existence where they're just desperate for Barbie to look at them. And it's really sad, actually. It's deeply pathetic. And that's why I really don't like the literally me Ken thing. I mean, you are literally Ken, but like, that's not good. How would you want to be the friend zone cock? Exactly. Um, but unfortunately, it seems that a lot of essentially a generation of men, Gen Z men, are kind of actually in that position where being a man is a hindrance, which the film itself acknowledges. And this is a reflection of the real world. And it's because you were born as men. So I don't blame you for looking at patriarchy and being like, I'd rather that, please. You just need to persuade the women that that's the case. And actually, that's the Barbie movie kind of does. So anyway. Uh, they, they carry on and say, look, uh, the Barbies are pretty happy, relieved that they don't have to work. Ken is obviously, obviously has a gaping hole in his plastic heart, even under patriarchy, and crumble when Barbie talks to him about it, uh, which is more of a problem with the film. It's like, look, you actually can't be literally Ken because Ken can't uphold a patriarchy. Uh, anyway, let's, let's continue on. Right? Barbie is everything. Ken is everything else. Hero, villain, incel, warrior, leader, beach. Uh, Ken is not the star of Barbie, but he is its tragic plastic heart. Are you sure he's not the star of Barbie? Are we talking about Barbie? Are any of you talking about Barbie? No, you're all talking about Ken because actually it's Ken that has the interesting thing about him. Where do the Kens live? What cars do they drive? Barbie has no idea. They don't live in houses. They don't drive cars. They're literally this weird surf class, this oppressed underclass of homelessmen. Well, they're like migrant laborers who yeah, come back across the border at night. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but the Barbies just don't want around and don't have any use for. Uh, but anyway, they say, except for one of them, the, the rest of them essentially just end up sniping and being cruel to each other, trying to compete for the Barbies' attention. Except for Ryan Gosling's Ken, who uh, they say, quote, chafes against his class status. Because he's literally part of the press class. Ken is a reminder of the film of uh, the brute limits of Barbie Land's utopia. Utopias are built on slaves. Utopias are for some people on the backs of other slaves, right? Ken bears the brunt of its errors. He's not merely Barbie's plaything. He's also the recipient of her casual cruelty. You can go now, Barbie tells him. Uh, I don't want you here. Which she does say at one point. It's just like, oof, it's awful. You wouldn't ever say that to anyone, really. And yet it's totally normal. Right. This is this the, the film goes to great lengths to show you the oppressed class that is the Kens. Right. Um, Barbie in her dismissals of Ken doesn't mean to be mean. She treats him thoughtlessly because she has never had to consider that words might cause hurt. She has never needed to. It's like, oh right. So privilege uh equality feels like oppression if you're used to privilege, right? That's what they're saying here. Ken is at the outset of the film the most messily human feature of this plastic world. A tangle of need and hope and eventually rage in the land of hard-set hard smiles he winces. But Ken's not the hero, right? I mean, he's literally the only interesting thing about the film, but he's not the hero, right? 
Isn't this the classical hero story? Yes. Yeah. Already? Yes. Ken, Ken, Ken literally uh, is something out of the Iliad, actually. <laughs> it's honestly, it's a, I really enjoyed this film, but not for the reasons they thought, right? But, uh, but what they, they say is that the bulk of the film finds Ken and Barbie on a journey that mimics adolescence. Having left the land of protection and pl- play in easy dreams, they're plunged into the realities of the human world and the hard transactions of adulthood. The dolls must navigate a patriarchy, uh, a place, the real world, which has no shortage of language for its political condition. Patriarchy, marginalization, objectification, oppression. Yeah, and if we apply those to Barbie land, it's the Kens with the oppressed class. There is an ominous kind of justice in Ken's attempt to, in, to inject himself into the political life of Barbie land. Because of course, in Barbie land, the women hold all the political office. Men hold zero on the basis that they're men, right? So they're not allowed any political power, any representation, anything like that. They're not even allowed houses or cars or even politeness, really. Right? Uh, and so they say it's a zero-sum solution for the problems of a zero-sum world. But why should they not? Of course, there's no injustice about the Kens rising up and overthrowing their oppressors and imposing on their oppressors the exact regime that the Barbie, Barbies themselves fight for. Where's the injustice in that? How could, from what position would the Barbies argue that they're, they're being treated unjustly? They're doing to us what we want to do to them. Boo-hoo. Go Kens. What do you want? You know? Uh, Ken is finally getting the one thing he really wanted. Barbie is listening to him. He's telling her what it's like to be dimmed so that someone else might shine. And he adds the kicker, it doesn't feel good, does it? And Ken has to say this to Barbie at one point. And Barbie's just got nothing. She's got nothing to reply to that. She's like, well, yeah, I was being cruel to you this whole time. You know, forever. Uh, But uh, Ken is a person who's denied the full dignity of his personhood. That, whatever your worldview, whatever your particular circumstance, whatever you're feeling about the word patriarchy, is a blatant form of injustice. So even the Atlantic has to be like, yeah... It is a matriarchal tyranny. It is terrible. And it's like, really, the Barbie movie portrayed that to the point where literally this is the sort of thing they write. I wept for Ken, write The Guardian. This is remarkable stuff. Like, how could you have gotten The Guardian to write, I weep for the oppressed men of the matriarchy? Any... (laughs) I got nothing. Exactly. I, I mean, make a female oriented movie and teach them that is literally the only idea. And I didn't come up with that. Obviously, it's yeah. there. But it worked, right? It's literally got the, bar, uh, the Guardian being like, Barbie's the evil, oppressive villain of the Barbie movie. Does she, why doesn't she learn anything, though? Because it's written by one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm not wrong now, I know. Uh, I didn't expect to cry during Barbie, let alone to weep for Ken. The lonely man-child who's barely more significant than the Ampersand that sits between him and his lover's name. Damn. That's... But then, she does uh, fall back into her feminism. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of men are being organized in the opposite direction. The rise of the Manosphere, a network of misogynist communities with digital platforms like blogs, podcasts, and forums, is a real threat to the liberation of men from their plight. What does she view the liberation of Ken as then, if not the journey he went on? She's not clear about it, if you can believe that. So she realizes there's something's wrong and then just stops. Yeah, she just does. The, the brainwashing kicks in. Well, li- listen to this, right? She says in the Barbie movie, uh, all humans have become mere calculations for corporations, uh, just as replaceable as the machine and tools we operate. And I think men feel that in their bones. That's not to say there aren't men who are having a blast in the 
are there are that's not to say there aren't people who aren't men having a blast under our real world system uh, as de- they're not as demonstrated by record rates of depression among teenage girls we live in the feminist system where everything is designed to push women into corporate occupations to break them apart from families to have them in the office working as much as they can to present with them to them i mean things like barbie in fact you know as in the 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 product of the sexual revolution as she says here has caused record rates of depression amongst teenage girls there's a small minority of women who are doing very well out of the system but who cares like yes indeed none of their goals are actually even useful to anyone so and the the guardian this again the Biden movie has forced the guardian to admit this which is fascinating to me uh, and so she's she's got to provide an alternative right so she's like well there are organizations like black men build which are providing clear paths for black men and others to engage in their own liberation okay who wants to start white men build is ken going to be the, the front cover i don't think that's going to last very long i think that might get cancelled I think that might be called unacceptable patriarchal racism and oppression. I don't know. I could kind of see like one section of the Republican Party doing it. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know how long it would last. Yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they do say that all of Western civilization could be called white men build. And they say that as if it's a bad thing. Who, the Barbie movie or The Guardian? The Guardian. Huh. But, uh, but anyway, she, uh, she says we need more of more men who are interested in not only transforming themselves but transforming our entire society in something beautiful and gentle and worth living in a barbie land for us all barbie land no no barbie land was only something beautiful gentle and worth living in for everyone when it was turned into a patriarchy because in the in barbie land yes but what about the feminist barbie no exactly she was left out of it no no she wasn't really wasn't no not really um she well she didn't really feature but like the the only time that everyone is involved in uh, Barbie Land is when the Kens have made it a patriarchy. And the Barbies are very happy with their Kens. Otherwise, the Barbies are on their own, and the Kens are just on the streets. So what she's asking for is a patriarchal version of Barbie Land, even though she doesn't realize it. Anyway, so uh, unstoppable Kennedy says the Guardian. How did Ryan Gosling steal the Barbie movie? Well, because Ryan Gosling was representing a character that actually speaks to an issue in the real world, whereas Barbie is speaking to the overclass of our civilizations. What can you do? It's not, it's not men's fault if they gave women everything they wanted and women set up a matriarchy that doesn't care about men. Not men's fault. Well, I mean, it is kind of our fault. But uh, for the pro-patriarchy character, Steals the Barbie movie. Come on, that's funny. I'm that, surprised they didn't just ignore it. I'm honest. surprised. I'm genuinely surprised. Right, and the thing is, <clears throat> you can see there's a kind of resentment that underpins the left with this. Um, as it says, if you've seen Barbie, then you'll be fully aware that the star of the film is actually Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Quality, love it. Let's move on. Can uh, Ken win an Oscar? Who's going to get an Oscar for the Barbie movie? Margot Robbie, I'm sorry, but... Sorry, Margot. The script. It's going to be Ken. The script didn't make you look out very good. As the reviews of Barbie have flooded in, one obvious irony stood out. The eternal supporting player is actually the star. No one has been getting greater notices for the film than Ryan Gosling. 
That's just grand, right? But they've got a quote from a film critic called, film critic called Ellen E. Jones, who's a woman, obviously, and says that Gosling smashed it. However, and I love this, I don't fancy Ryan's chances much at the Oscars. Firstly, because even though we're, though we're in this era of awards show reform, supposedly in line with social changes in the world more generally, I believe the tedious self-seriousness which surrounds these ceremonies will be the last thing to go. And for that reason, a brilliantly hilarious performance like Gosling's will not be rewarded. She also makes the point that the optics of giving a man an award for what is so pointedly a feminist film are a bit off. Brilliant would that be. But isn't that just her, her response? Like at one point, right? Ken's in the real world, and he walks up to a man and goes, you guys are doing patriarchy all wrong. I can't get a job even though I'm a man, right? And he's like, well, yeah, if anything, it's a bit of a, a drawback to be a man these days. And this guy replied, and it's like, what? This is exactly what she's saying. Literally, what? We if you can't give an award to Ken, you prove the point, you idiot. Exactly, right? Exactly. So they can't help but admit, actually, yeah, it's not patriarchy there either. Yeah, it's, you know, men are, men are being held back because they're men, actually, you know. We're for equality. We're feminists. Uh, but isn't that amazing, though? Just for her to literally, we can't give a man the award for Barbie. So like, why? Everyone's talking about him. He's the good thing about the film. I did see the responses you were talking about that in the chat, just going, Margot the mid loses again. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie's not a mid. No, but I love that meme. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I, I, like internet historian had a conversation with one of his exes once where he just jokingly was like, oh, the Expo Center is way better than the Coliseum because you get more seats. And so like, obviously you're taking the mick. Like saying Margot Robbie's the mid. Yeah. But then people just start getting angry about you saying that. And it's like, well, now I've got to double down. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, what is this? Enough about Ken. Stop talking about Ken. Men are not always the center of women's thoughts, damn oh, it. Is this, is this black president Barbie here? Well, you can see that it is. Yeah. That is the uh, Barbie Senate. Michelle Obama should have got it. But I just love the enough about Ken. Like the, the angry articles, like, would you please stop talking about Ken? Ken is not the star of the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie is about women, damn it. Is that in a way it is? Yeah. But in a way, it's also about men. And the original title of this was uh, Please Don't Make a Sequel About Ken. I would like a Ken sequel. I think that people on the internet should be agitating for a Ken sequel. I think a Ken sequel would be very good. But this article was literally written by Barbie, actually. Um, this person, <laughs> Margaret Robbie, <laughs> this is writing under a pseudonym. No, no, Margaret Robbie um, doesn't seem to be evil, but this one. No, she seems like a good person. I'm yeah, she does seem like a nice person, but this person doesn't seem to understand that actually Barbie was the villain of the Barbie film, and she's like, but I felt represented in Barbie. Right? She says, I know a lot of impressive women married to men. Maybe the men are impressive too. I don't give them much thought, to be honest. <laughs> By the time I catch up with these women on what they're doing, commiserate in the state of the world, we rarely have time to talk about their husbands. I mean, that's literally the Barbies in the Barbie film. That's the problem. When it comes to our closest friendships, many women I know are already living in Barbie world. It's the women who astound us, amaze us, and amuse us, and get things done and make households run. The way we perceive it, their partners and husbands and, and the Kens, supporting players in our, our, in our friends' busy lives, navigating professional advancements, cross-country moves, and home renovations while caring for aging parents and mothering children in a collapsing world. Who's making it collapse? But literally, she's like, but I'm the Barbie in the Barbie world, in the real world. And I don't care about the Kens and it's falling apart. It's like, yeah, and there might be a patriarchal revolution on the horizon, you know? Up, like what she's describing, their husbands are picking up literally all the pieces. Yes. And you have the one job of trying to make things work and it's collapsing. Yes. 
Again, patriarchal revolution possibly on the horizon. Uh, I laughed a lot during Barbie, but I cried a lot too. Uh, how hard it is to be a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how hard it is to be a woman. How long it might be until the world makes another mega-budget movie about our lives and thoughts. I even got a little misty thinking about how confusing and challenging it must be to be a man right now. It's like, God, that is just the arrogance of the ruling class, isn't it? Barbie you described. That is literally Barbie, isn't it? It's like, God, because I mean, Barbie is mildly sympathetic to Ken. She's Start like, using the word Barbie as a slur for poss- feminists who, are look, who think like this. Quite possibly. Uh, we probably should. Shut up, Barbie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's possibly it, because literally it's like, oh, God, it must be so hard to be a peasant. You know, says the aristocrat. You know, that's how, the, that's exactly how this comes across. But she's like, please, if there's a sequel, please don't make it about Ken. It's like, why? You know, why, you selfish, <laughs> unbelievable, like, awful person. And so uh, you obviously got the final take, oh, men are just watching Barbie wrong. This is actually a very interesting article because it, it normalizes a bunch of dissident right-wing memes, which is weird. Uh, the, the Longhouse, in particular, is one that's come up very recently. And has ent- Do you want to describe the Longhouse? Sure. The Longhouse is uh, communal housing that like, you know, ancient Vikings or something are supposed to have lived in. Indians. Or whoever, you know, yeah. the Indians or whoever. And, uh, and this was ruled over by a den mother, uh, a matriarch, who was able to constantly pry and spy into everyone's personal business and maintain social control. Uh, and that's kind of the world we're living in now, actually. And so people are thinking, ah, in fact, there's a, let the ruling longhouse tremble at the Kenarchic revolution, writes one Twitter user. Kens of the world unite. Yeah. So, uh, I live in the longhouse. I want my own house. Yes. Ken deserves his own house. And Barbie wants Ken to have his own house. The Barbies are so happy under the uh, Ken revolution. Just saying. All right. Suppose we'll wait for the uh, uh, Magnus Opus. It's coming. I'm, oh man, there is so much to it as well. Like the young girl in it who hates Barbie is the product of feminism, and she doesn't know that she's the product of feminism. Her mum doesn't know she's the product of feminism. Barbie can't seem to understand that the the, the complaint about Barbie being a sexist capitalist icon, whatever it was, that's feminist. That's Literally, you're saying, I want to go back to being a traditional person. So you like, can tell the idiots who wrote that come from, from a left-wing angle. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, you're making money off making women look good. That's all they got. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, okay, yeah, but you never had any of these problems prior to the 20th century. Why not? You know, why is that the case? Anyway, uh, it's, it's gonna be a, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have the best takes on this thing okay. that anyone will. Weird advert, but... <laughs> Gonna be good. Trust me, I have the best ideas on the kids' movie. <laughs> it's not a, kid, no, no, it's not know, a kid's joking. movie. It's not a kid's movie. That's the thing. The kids are left outside of Barbie because they've been trained to hate Barbie by the feminists, and so they can't like it. So it's, the, the movie is made for 40-year-old like millennial mothers. That's what the movie's for. The, the, the main focus of who Barbie is relating to is the daughter's mum. She's but, the one who's I'm, having the... Because, I mean, like, but, you know, kids don't have intrusive thoughts of death, right? The, the, the mum is projecting that onto Barbie, and that's why Barbie's getting them in Barbie land. It's, it's not for kids. It's not about kids at all. I think it could be both, but I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to say. You're probably it's right. not about kids. It's not about kids. Okay. Anyway, I want to talk about why AI music might be a threat, and uh, you're going to enjoy this because you get to sit there and say, I told you so. I've got the next episode of our cyberpunk dystopia in the works, by the way. Oh, well, maybe this will help because um, you made a prediction, which is that AI art will basically replace all normal art. 
And um, pretty pictures, no, that's failed. That, that hasn't happened. No, no, no. You could say yet. I'm, I'm sure going to say yet. Because um, have you not seen the mid-journey? Not uh, impressed. Well, yeah. Okay, A, <laughs> it is impressive, right? It is impressive for what it is. Great, but like... But B, that's like year one. We, we, we've been over this. In fact, it brings In 20 to... years' time, you're not even going to think about it. But so everything will be AI generated. This is a perfect plug, actually, for what I've been a plug, which is the Cyberpunk yeah. dystopia series. This one's about I have no mouth and I'm a screamer. There's a, there's a load of others we did, so I don't know if they're going to Yeah, it. yeah. Not, it's no part good. seven coming soon. Back and forth on them. And um, a lot of them we've been through, and we worked, uh, for example, you, you, it's more torture session for you. You enjoy torturing me with, like, look what's going to happen, Callum. Yeah. And one of them this was... This is your future, Callum. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> like, here's the AI, and this is what you're going to have in 20 years once yeah. it's properly progressed. Yeah. And um, I've been a bit skeptical about some of them. Uh, we've been over, like, the, the pretty pictures one we were just talking about, but there's plenty of other examples. Now, I, I did a thing previously mm-hmm. with, uh, I think it was Harry, we looked at AI music mm-hmm. and Mr. Krabs bops. And, and we went through a bunch of AI covers where they used Mr. Krabs' voice to make various songs, particularly nationalistic songs. We have here, of course, the IRA. It wasn't just them. It was yeah. unionists and everything else as well. And it worked. But it was kind of comedic because it's Mr. Krabs. Sure. Sounds kind of stupid. But since then, I've had a lot of AI music in my uh, playlist while I work. And then I started realizing the ones I clicked on for a laugh, I'm not, uh, n- nothing funny about it anymore. Like, I'm just really? listening to it because it's good, which is really weird. So I, I've, I've actually long had this kind of theory, right, that I've never really espoused before. That um, I think the reason that music has become so stagnant is because there is a kind of algorithm that essentially tricks the human brain into, like, there's, there's some place like literally just mathematical, the, the, a mathematical frequency or series of frequencies that essentially is just the, the most music yeah, that you can be. And humans are essentially trying to attain this. And if you can just use AI or whatever, an auto-tuner or whatever to calculate these things like, and refine it over years and years and years with the sort of technological finesse that we have, then that explains why actually all music basically just sounds the same now like four chords thing is real because it's good. It makes makes my brain feel good. Yeah, like it's yeah. just getting closer and closer to whatever that perfect. Yeah, and that, and that's why. Like, can you even name a pop song from the last say ten years? I can't name any. You know. Well, we'll, we'll name some other songs instead because I've got some examples because I wanted to make my case um, just on the point of uh, pretty pictures. But there you are. There is one with crabs. Now this guy, uh, was it lace editing? No idea. Who knows? You know what does he do in his spare time? Makes wonderful s posts. Like every other wonderful S poster on the on the internet, who doesn't love them? I mean, they won't make the internet worthwhile. Oh yeah, and only every other day they're making you know more facade <laughs> jokes. But yeah. this chap decided to make um, AI covers using Frank Sinatra, so he has rebirthed, he's resurrected Frank Sinatra to make music. It's good, but no, he has to go good. back so far. Like you can't do that with someone modern. Yeah, I mean, presumably he's also either made the music in the backing or got an AI to do that as well, yeah. and then just put two and two together. And I thought we'd have a nice time just checking out some of it. Because, of course, it is, again, started out with the kind of meme songs. I mean, Gangster's Paradise by Frank Sinatra. I mean, I'm just going to play it because it is, it is funny. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I think there's a more funny point about that it kind of works. Let's play.
As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look in my life and realize there's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing for so, so long That eating my mama things on my mind is gone And I ain't never crossed a man so who didn't deserve it Maybe like treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lying and chalking I really hate to trip, but I got a load. As a crook, I see myself in a pistol smoke. Oh, I'm the kind of G the little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street lie. Been spending most their lives letting in the gangsters' paradise. Been spending most really their good. lives yeah. letting in the gangsters. I mean, this is what I mean by I've been sat there listening to this in my playlist, just thinking, yeah, that's actually nice. I'm, that's, that's, I'm just gonna have that. But th this is what I mean about like the, the the you know something about like waveforms or whatever they're mathematically calculable, and so you can the the I mean with images, it's a lot more complicated. But with like you know to create a certain kind of waveform, whatever, obviously it's not that difficult and not very special. Actually, I mean it does take work. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, that's the other funny thing about this, which is your prediction was like we'd all be enjoying AI art. And yeah. uh, the pictures, not so much yet. The music, I yes. think we're there. But yet. No, but the, the thing, the thing. I'm, I'm saying is like the music, we're there now. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, this S poster is making stuff that actually is incredibly yep. nice to listen to. And it's and maybe, maybe not this, the only track. Maybe this took him like five or 10 hours or something to make. Right. But, in, but that's now. 10 minutes in 20 years. Not even 10 minutes. A lot of them will be just generated on the fly. And it, everything eventually will just be generated on the fly by air. Well, the chat's like, I need more 1920s gangster rap. Yeah. Which, I mean, I hated Gangster's Paradise when it came out because it was cringe. But uh, to be honest. But that was pretty good. It's, uh, it's different renditions. He made some yeah. other ones. And of course, there is a meme thread throughout most of these. But uh, I'm saying that I think you could start taking this more seriously and you'll end up with some good tracks. I don't know about the legality of trying to sell them, but whatever. So we have this here. This is uh, someone that I used to know with Frank Sinatra again and uh, Squidward's joining in. So let's play this uh, weird thing. Boy, you didn't have to stoop so alone. Have your friends collect your records and then change your so number. It will, it will yes, be a show eventually. I don't need that thought. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Somebody I used to know. Somebody. Watch out there. It could go to a show. Now and then I think of all the times you screwed me over. I mean, all that tune has come some way. It's incredible. <laughs> it's genuinely amazing. Yeah, it's genuinely of course, like there's the full versions as well. I'm yeah, playing clips because yeah, yeah. we ain't got all the time in the world. But I mean, again, I don't know if people could hear us talking. But the, so th this this is like a a common joke about Star Trek, right? It's like, well, why do they always have 20th century music in Star Trek? Uh, That's a good question. Well, because if they made AI music, though, exactly, and it was always like, "Wow, it shows you it was made in the 20th century." It's like, yeah, okay, that does. But also, it turns out that in a hundred years, we're probably going to still be listening to music from the 20th century. Some people in the chat are just like stomach artists, gone too far. 
But there is some other uh, funny stuff. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. using the Frank Sinatra ones just because these are the happen to be the ones that I've enjoyed hearing the noise of. Mm. But there's one here from Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm aware of it, but I've never played it. No, the the back knowledge, because I'm sure you've seen the animatronic robots, yeah, yeah. but there's a whole like uh, deep lore, which is, is actually it? very interesting right, okay, not for another that. time, though. But just real quick sample of this, and then I'll stop it. And a bastard took our life away, and now we're stuck here to decay. Please let us get in, don't lock us away, we're not like what you're thinking. Look at we are poor Christmas. little souls Hold who have lost all control, and we're forced here to take that road. We've been all alone, stuck in our little zone since 1987. Join us, be our friend, or just be sucking to fend. After all, you only got five nights at It's also the quality of the emphasis, right? Like I'm listening to it to try and hear the kind of weird emphasis. When he's going to break. Yeah, or like when, not, not necessarily when there's going to be a glitch or anything, but like when there's going to be a weird, like, you know, up when it should be level or something, you know? Yeah. Or like, and, and it's just not. It's totally consistent. And if you didn't tell me that was AI, I wouldn't know. Like I've uh, I told people previously, I don't know if I told you actually, there's a channel that does 40K lore now mm. using David Attenborough's voice. Mm. I binge watched everything because it's so good. Why wouldn't you? But you do, even though he must spend on a few hours some doing it, you still get a little mistakes. You know, mm. David Attenborough doesn't know how to say Tyranids or something like that. Yeah. Slanesh comes out as Slanesh, yeah. which is a bit weird. But with this stuff, I mean, I, I don't know what level of work you have to do. I mean, I've used 11 labs. We've been over this. I made some fake ones for a laugh. Purely for meme purposes, nothing else. No hate speech. Uh, and you can do some good stuff, but I don't think you can make that that easily. But as you say, it's going to get bigger and worse. Um, this guy, he made, as you can see here, like some albums, which are now available, every HMV, I presume. Why couldn't they be? This is mad. And I don't wonder. I, I'm sure the copyright on his voice probably is still, is that valid? A dead man's voice? I don't know, but it's, isn't it like 80 years or 100 years or something when the copyright expires on anything? So, But that's the original piece, because if it's a yeah. mix or a cover, that's fine. But if it's a cover with a fake voice that's a dead man, I mean, I, I, I don't know how lawyers are going to be ruling on this, but wh- whatever. My, my point is just to come and tell people, like, hey, there's some AI covers out there that aren't that bad. This is this literally is second album. coming. So I guess the law is going to have to catch up here. Do you own your voice? Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to say yes, right? I'm going to say no, because what's going to end up happening, not as a point of like my belief, but what will happen yeah. is that Disney, etc., will lobby for the no vote. Yeah. Because, oh, God, that's a lot of good money. And they always seem to win their copyright disputes. Well, so. they're, 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 well, yeah, Disney's going to uh, uh, lobby that anyone who uses like an AI-generated Mickey Mouse owes the money, right? So they will Anything say that you do owe you, but that that will land on you do own your voice. But you sign the paper. Welcome to my empire of joy. Now get out. I've got your voice. Sure, they, they, they will sign that into contracts, but for things that already exist or things that are um, like you know Daffy Duck or whatever, um, yeah. but they will they will transfer onto normal people. Like, will a person own? the AI rights to their voice or like anything generated with their voice. I mean, it has to side with that, right? Otherwise... They're so evil. I think they will be like, the stuff we own has to be defended. Maybe. But everything beyond this point in the law or something can't be defended. Maybe. Sorry. Yeah, maybe yeah, they are that evil. It, it, really crim. It's, it's got to be that, right? But they're not the only ones. I, I just want to really quickly, for the end, because I don't have much time, just show off some other AI stuff I found, which was uh, okay. funny. So if you don't get my point about why I think that this might end up coming faster than I thought, in the music world, at least, to replace artists. Um, you can enjoy some memes, and uh, I thought I'd just show you them because the, the, they also work. We have Eric Cartman here, which, weirdly, 
actually does work. You know, I am going to play this one just for a second, just to make the point. And I just can't see it and So that one like, sounds a little bit more AI generated. But it also sounds to me like something Matt and Trey would make. It is, but you, you can tell that's AI generated. Ever so slightly. Yeah, ever so slightly. There's something a bit wrong there. There's also some other stars. We have uh, the Battle Droid from Star Wars has now become an oh, yeah. internet sensation. Singing Fortunate Son here. Do you want to listen to yeah, this? Yeah, I or? do. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, I can't remember where exactly it starts, so we'll just go with like 30 seconds or something. All right. As well. Yeah, you can have fun. Is that my is point. good. Yeah. That. Uh, there's also. Oh yeah. The competition for the most viewed AI cover is actually between the Austrian painter and someone else. Let's hear it. Do you? <laughs> I do okay. want to hear it. Yeah. All right. This one. I don't think they're very good covers, but they are the most popular. So I thought I'd mention them. <laughs> Oh, we will. <laughs> yeah, I think you might actually be to blame for some things. But I think it's just the, the meme factor, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the only one with the Austrian painter. There is another one that, that went viral, which, um, oh, God. Uh, for people listening... It, yeah, we're not, we don't need to listen to that one. I will, I will just say it's a song you probably know from the internet. Um, talks about fumes out of a car, so there's that one. Uh, that one actually does sound weirdly... I'm going to say the word accurate instead, even though you speak English, but anyway. Whole other thing. The the number one position for the AI cover, you want to guess? Not the Hitler one, is it? No, it's not Hitler. He's okay. second. He's number two. Okay, go on. Like history. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh the Minecraft villager. Oh, is doing it? Billy Joe <laughs> Billy Jean there. Where he doesn't even speak any language, just grunts. That's that's the most viewed AI cover. Okay. So there's that. There's also, of course, Joe Biden. I I find a fine <laughs> singing black and tans there. Yeah. I don't know if you want to hear it. It's uh, kind yeah, of annoying on. to be honest, because I just He's so cringe as a human, it doesn't really work. Yeah, go on. Neighbors out there, this chorus. Come out, chip like a tans. Come out and fight me like a man. Show your weight, bow you one medals down. Flanders. The irony is just that every time they did, beat the crap out of him. Yeah, but it also, because it's him, I just imagine he's yeah. going to like S himself. But yeah. Not, I, I get where he's going to fall over or just space out. The Mr. Krabs version, I can imagine Mr. Krabs has got some scheme going on. Was selling fertilizers to the RIA. Yeah, uh, it's not the only thing. Though. There's also a lot of others. I'm just going to end this off with the Five Nights at Freddy's cover, which has uh, a billion characters. So they like got a load of different characters to do the voice lines, just to demonstrate that you literally could do anyone. Yeah. But I think everyone already knows that. Anyway, my point being with all of this was just to show people, um, Carl, you were right. I know uh, AI is coming faster than I thought uh, in some regards. Yeah. Um, I think in the pretty pictures, we've still got some time to. Enjoy real pictures. The, the time is measured in months, though. But the music, I mean, my playlist has now got a significant portion of this in. It's terrible. So, um, you're part of the problem. If you wanted to be a musician, I'm very sorry. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, God, I bet. Oh, that's no one's doing that. I could corner that market, actually. What? Well, you know, my love of propaganda music. Yeah. Uh, we get our own Red Army Choir, <laughs> put them in the AI. AI Red Army Choir. Yeah. What, to do Taylor Swift songs or something? You know, they actually did do that in real life for a joke. Not Taylor Swift, but <laughs> like they did Barbie Girl once, which was funny. <laughs> but follow the conversation. Anyway, point proven in, in my mind, which is that... Uh, yeah. Oh boy, AI is changing the world. Good video. video comments.
Since Aliens came up this week, I thought I would give a TLDR for the backstory of Star Trek. It starts with a guy in the apocalypse after World War III. Since society went to crap, a guy managed to get his hands on a bunch of crazy technologies because they weren't guarded. He ends up making warp drive and gets the attention of some aliens, Vulcans. The aliens then guide humanity into creating a utopia, the Federation. So the only reason for the Star Trek Utopia is because of those damn filthy Xenos! Have you seen anything about the new Star Trek stuff? I never got into Star Trek. Well, I used to watch a lot of Star Trek. So it was always on TV at like six o'clock when you were when you were eating dinner. Or just after you'd eaten dinner. So you're like into the universe and stuff? Well, yeah, I just happened to have watched practically every Star Trek episode that's ever made, right? <laughs> I tripped and fell. <laughs> well, no, you kind of do, right? Because no, honestly, because Back when there were only four TV channels yeah. and you had Sky One, like there was just not anything else. And, and Star Trek is watchable. You know, if nothing else, it's a watchable thing. It's not offensive. It's interesting enough. Uh, and it, it, there's this kind of homeliness about Star Trek where it's like, you, you know, you're sat in your living room, you're watching Star Trek. It's something mildly intellectual, you know, and the characters are likable. And so... You know, it's not bad. And, you know, what are you doing between six and seven in the evening anyway before you have like the internet? You know, like there was just nothing else you were going to do, especially on a winter's evening where it's already dark outside. And so you're just like, yeah, it's what Star Trek, you know. So I happen to have watched practically every episode of Star Trek ever made. Um, and I like Star Trek well enough. I was never a fan of Star Trek, but um, I've seen clips of this new one and it's just allowing millennial Californians to gain access to things. At some point, there's going to be a kind of Nuremberg trial over it. Just saying. Well, the writers on writer's strike? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The writers, the actors. Just because of what they've done to the... Yeah, yeah. When, when, when the, the Kennedy really heats peak, uh, we need to reinstate the, reinstate the patriarchy. There'll be some kind of Nuremberg over it. I have noticed there's a weird alliance on Star Wars. Like every poll someone does about do you prefer the prequels sequels or the new versions the disney ones hmm. like the people like my age who grew up with the prequels. sequels uh, sorry oh. yeah prequels yeah Is that correct i got this right yeah always got those two mixed up the, the, the prequels are the episode one two and three with anakin yeah i uh, like i still like them because i grew up with them i suppose i think older people really kind of hate them but it's like a 50 50 split and just yeah. nobody likes disney not even the kids like disney it's just like yeah. this is crap well the, the thing is like the original star wars films are like you know a proper homeric epic the prequels at least tried to expand the universe. Like, didn't just take a dump on it. Exactly. They didn't just wear it as a skin suit, right? Like George Lucas expanded it in really stupid ways, you know, and, and like literally turned it into like sort of managerial technocracy, which is not what Star Wars was about. You know, oh, how can I rationalize midichlorians? Why do you need to rationalize midichlorians, George? Like, what are you doing? We don't need an explanation for how the force works. No one asked for that. I also love it. It's like, I've got a whole new series of movies. Oh, great. Episode one. Politics, 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 politics. <laughs> that is another thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, the kids' movies with the guy fighting with the laser swords? <laughs> yeah. And then we've got six hours of sitting in Senate. You know, people talking. It's like, oh, God, George. Uh, but, the, but the point is, he at least tried to do something that was novel, and he expanded the universe, the canon of the universe. He didn't just be like, right, now we're going to just hollow that out and you know, shove our hand up there and puppet it, going, me, feminism, feminism, you know. So there is at least something positive about the prequels. Barely. Uh, being the people who wrote Disney, I think they, they need to join that trial. Yeah, they will. Yeah, but they're, they're part of it. Let's go to the next one. Press play. Oh, there we go.
Is there no audio? All right, I guess there's no audio. I can't hear anything. I'm expecting... Press play on it. Okay, I'm not getting... No, there isn't any audio, at least for us. Honestly, silence maybe is. I am the great mighty I didn't read the text now, so I'm <laughs> going to throw my sh** at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some sketch, you little twat? Yeah, there's a real game. Um, but I don't want to look at it. <laughs> no. no. Move on, I suppose. We have a next one or I'm just gonna pause that, but I, I don't know if John can see, but on our screen it's just completely frozen. So I, I don't know what was on screen there. Okay, well it's, it's broken for us, so we can't we can't see. And tell us how we used to live on parables guys by two. Like the silver say at night falls what, down. Why is the IRS playing in the background? Joe Biden, stop! go away! <laughs> okay, I couldn't quite hear what John was saying. I think he was trying to tell us, like, I'm not in control of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the ghost of the machine. All oh, right, right. But we were saying last stream, something else went wrong. We were like, do we need to start praying to the, like, machine, machine spirit? spirit yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm not, I'm not against the idea. I, like I said, I've come around to the sort of maybe there are just elemental forces that operate in the world, and maybe we can get them to start sinking boats in the channel. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the next one. Hey guys, this is Menor speaking with a really quick or a late night thought. Uh, I hear Carl saying that uh, liberalism is like acid for culture and civilization. Well, really, uh, what liberalism does is it disarms the mechanisms inside of a civilization that fend off foreign entities right so in a way liberalism is more like civilizational aids just destroys your immune response to any outside influence that, that's a part of it but there's a particular acidic effect between the relationships that connect parts of the civilization because the whole part the whole point is to break the chains into which man is born and to dissolve, literally dissolve these bonds. I mean, that's literally the first line of the social contract. Everywhere a man is born free and he is in chains. So, uh, so we need to get rid of the chains. It's like, okay. But the chains are the things that held society together. Damn, parents oppressed me. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. literally it. And Rousseau gave all his, all of his, he had like five children and gave them all up to adoption because he was a piece of shit. Um, no, he was a liberated man. Yeah, exa exactly. Down by the no, no. chains of a child. It, Precisely. I'd love to be someone with a cartoon where it's just like a bunch of kids you had. So there's just chains around your legs. You're like, oh, yep. God. That is, it's the most awful, awful thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, liberal, liberal, you are right that it does. That, like the, the, the sort of comprehensive liberal view that it turns, it it's, seeks a universal constituency for mankind. Like all of liberalism is couched in mankind. And so it doesn't see any difference between the Somalian and, you know, the Scottish person. Yeah, so, like, it doesn't see any difference. You seen For All Mankind? No. It's a really crappy TV series about yeah. what if the Soviets made it to the moon, same time. So oh, yeah. The space race continues because yeah. now yeah. we're equal. Yeah. And um, it's, it's like the phrasing is obviously off the case, like, oh, we need to now work for all mankind. But I'm looking at it like, yeah, I'm not, the British aren't there though. So it's not really for all mankind, is it? So but even that sentiment I hate, yeah. even when it comes to space. But th this is why liberalism acts as kind of aids for civilization. It's like, yeah, but I, they're part of my constituency too. It's like, yeah, but they're not actually part of your constituency. British government, 
But think about that. Like the Americans, the NASA specifically, will talk about space exploration like it's for all humanity, even to this day. Yeah. I just can't imagine Imperial Britain doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're doing this for all humanity. No. Britain. <laughs> the king and country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, liberal propositional ideas yet again. Yeah. Let's get to the next one. All right, here's another California native that I grew myself from seed. This is the Aqualegia formosa. It's one that I've really enjoyed finally seeing sprout. It's taken me two years, two whole years, but finally I got some sprouts. Mm. I like I, I like that people are sending us their projects, right? And it's like, and it's just what men are like, isn't it? It's like Mechnomancer is just like, I'm building a suit of power armor. Okay, I'm spending two years planting these seeds to get sp- sprouts or whatever. It's like, okay, great. You know, like this. You know, I, I'm I'm currently slogging through painting Magnus the Great, Magnus the Red, uh, and it, it's taking forever. Man. Massive model, right? But this thing, like, just men just have weird autistic projects that they like to work on. This is an obvious invitation for someone to send in themselves digging a hole at the beach. But now that I've said yeah. that, about 10 people are going to do it. So I'll do it when I'm on holiday. <laughs> you just send it in as a video comment. Oh, no, but yeah, I, I might. And unironically, there is always like just a bunch of kids, boys, digging holes at beaches. Yeah, yeah next one. Stories that celebrates mothers. Peter Van. A group of boys are lost. They feel the lack of a mother so greatly that they bring in Wendy just to tuck them in and sing them lullabies. And as she sings her lullabies, even the pirates standing outside starts crying because they are missing their mother too, which is the greatest female power move I ever heard of. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, it's really true as well. I haven't seen Peter Pan for decades. I may have to watch it again. But the power mums have, especially on soldiers, is really weird. Oh, yeah. So the last moments are in the trench, whatever, everything's yeah. about mummy. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's, that's not nothing. That's something, surely. Yeah, you, you would think there was something to that. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think I told you about like everyone in Al-Qaeda was a massive mama's boy. Muslims are, though. Yeah. They all are. I used to live with the Muslim governors in university. Every single night, he'd call his mum, and I was just like, God, that's oppressive. FaceTime, or was it too? Oh, well, too early it's for too that. early for FaceTime. Ah, oh, when we you have... were a lad, did he have a wire into the phone, Granddad? No, no, he actually <laughs> had a mobile phone. He had one of those click-out ones from the Matrix, where it snaps out. It was cool at the time. Um, <laughs> I have to show you after. I've actually got a... Probably cool now, actually. I've got a new obsession with landline telephones. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually kind of jealous of that, because I remember seeing my mum use one, <clears> so I was about it. So yeah. I've been finding a really novelty one, and there's this one, which is a frog, okay? And, like, flips up, and then the mouth opens, and then the... I hold it like that, right? But it's the coolest thing in the world because not only is it plugged in, so it's weird, but its eyes light up and it makes a ribbit noise when it when it rings. To me, I don't think you. This sounds so stupid. Like that's just a piece of junk. But no, no, it's not even that. To me, the the cell phone is weird. Like the mobile phone. That's the really one. well, yeah. Huh? Well, for most of my life, we used landlines or like non-smartphone mobile phones. But even then, I only got a mobile phone when I was like nineteen. All right, I suppose so. And that was literally a phone. It wasn't anything like things are now. You want to guess how much that stupid frog phone goes for? I mean, I thought like 20 quid back in the day. $400 now. Yeah. All right, do we have more? I think so. California News. Jasper Wu was killed in a gang crossfire on a freeway in Oakland. The pro-crime district attorney kept fighting to not punish those involved in the gang shootout. 
one man considered a victim will get away with just felony gun possession. The other two are supposedly getting 265 years and 175 years, but this is after major sentencing reductions, and they also have the option for parole, which effectively means they will get out, disappear, and kill again if parole is granted, which, let's be honest, it will. These people should have been hanged. That's awful. Some grin comments. Rick says, <clears throat> regarding the Romanians, this is what it looks like when people who understand economy use it like a weapon to make people pay for their own country's destruction. Thanks, Uncle George in the West. Yeah, pretty much. Kevin says, maybe what is needed is for Reclaim, Reform, UKIP, and all the other right-leaning parties to club together on one banner. This is what I said. I said this, and there was kind of a discussion about this on GB News, because they're downstream from us, and nothing came of it. Okay, but like, are you not watching the country being dissolved right in front of your very eyes? We're really in a position to be like, well, I want to be the king of the ruins. None of you is going to be the king of anything at this rate. Suffering. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're watching, but I, I mean, I'm going to come off as mean, but it is true looking on the outside that the success you have as a party, like all of them, is, I mean, reform is the only one that has like significant polling. Reclaim has an MP. Yeah, everyone's going to whine about me saying this, but like, we need something better than a few councillors and a, maybe an MP that you got from defection. Like, yes. Uh, to actually change the country. And yes. you're absolutely right, which is the, oh boy, but we have a structure that's so unique. I don't care. Yeah. No one cares. And you're not going to have anything. Like, we're not going to have anything. It's all being wa wasted away. And the thing is, it's not like there isn't a massive constituency of disaffected conservative voters out there. We know there is, right? We know that there is. We should be tapping into this. And the question is, how do you access them? And it's clearly not through social media. If it was through social media, we would have spoken to them already. They're obviously not using it. go out and knock on doors too. Exactly. Um, I, I've got some thoughts on this that I'll probably show the Witan. Um, but yeah. Uh, Natalie says, reporting live from Oxford Street, many gypsies and other beggars, and some people shooting up drugs in a back alley. Oh, why oh, why could these people be homeless? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Drew says, look, I don't ask for much, but can we get a Kennergized Carl on a t-shirt? No. I hate money. You say that smiley. <laughs> Based Dave, got to admit, the, the Lotus Seeds staff developed a profound obsession with the philosophy of Barbie. I didn't have that on my bingo card. Well, who did? Like, I didn't expect the Ken movie, uh, the, the Ken movie, the Barbie movie to be the Ken movie and to have actual relevant instruction for the problems of the real world. And I don't even know how much of this was intentional, really, from the author. Like, I have no idea how. I think you can get the, if you were a feminist, you put the feminist brain on yeah, yeah. and watch it. I think you can make sense of it all sure. in that vein and then be utterly dumbfounded by what the right response is. Mm. But that's because the feminist brain is retarded. Yes. Uh, Derek says, this is definitely a tale of two Barbies. There's a whole break up the matriarchy side. And the Kens were like, hang on a minute. Maybe this feminism is not really about equality. This is how the cultural civil war would be fought. Well, I mean, I, I came away from it thinking, well, if you can be a feminist after this, then you're literally saying, yeah, I just want to be evil and childlike for a while. Can I just be evil and childish? Uh, and it's like, is that really a hill you can stand on? You know, can, can we just say no to that? It is, it is nice to feel that, that it's not really a valid position to hold publicly anymore. Yeah. Like if someone According on, to the Barbie movie. Even on, let's say, Good Morning Britain, if someone comes on and they're a feminist, yeah. then they're saying it, and you're just like... Yeah, you're embarrassing. 
Like everyone is is yeah. feeling awkward now because you're here and they're like, oh God, not this lunatic. But I'm just a female supremacist. And I just want everything my own way all the time. And I don't care how much it hurts men. Is that not an acceptable political position in 2023? <laughs> uh, no, actually it's not. Uh, Barbie doesn't think so. <laughs> Barbie joined the real patriarchy, you know? <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> June says, not going to lie, a lot of the whole Barbie is secretly based takes a pure copium, but at the same time, a lot of the decisions made by the screenwriter cannot have been mistakes that just so happen to perfectly contradict the intended message. Well, you know what? Actually, I don't think it's pure copium. I, what I think is that it's just that there are different layers of this that I will go through in detail. Um, and I do think that there is... I don't... I. The, the weird thing about the ending is that the the author of it doesn't seem to know what they've said with the ending because the ending of it is this like Barbie like having a sort of moment of Zen and having this montage of family movies and then she's just like yes I choose that and then she steps into the real world becomes a real woman gets a vagina and therefore is going to be a real woman it's like but like you're just that's all of feminism just wiped out right there that's all of it you know feminism be a strong independent woman you don't need a man no 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 Literally, Barbie chooses to be the thing that a woman should be, which is the center of a family. That's what she's making the choice to be, because that's what all of these clips are. It's like mothers being around their husbands and their children, they, they, you know, growing into old age, become grandmothers and stuff like this. It's like, yeah, that's the end of feminism. Why is the rest of the Barbies, though? Oh, I don't know. It, it doesn't say, right? It's just, just the, the main Barbie who does that. Um, the other Barbies stay no, like Barbie Land. The Ken sequel. Well, I was going to have to resolve that question. Well, yeah, the the Kens getting civil rights in Barbie Land, right? But the but the, the no, point but is, like look at the modern feminist. I mean, that's what's going to become of them. Yeah, but the but the interesting thing is the the, the Barbie movie is, is essentially saying step out of that paradigm. You know, be the mate, be the matriarch of the ho- household, be the mother. You know, be the center of a family. Have people love you. You know, that's what it's saying, and it and it's so it's it's really peculiar that like. A bunch of feminists were like, well, hang on a second. She's saying I've done everything wrong. You know, Greta Gerwig has just said that everything about my life is selfish and oppressive. And really, I should be a beloved mother because I'm not. And I'm coming on 40 and I can't have children now. You know, what about my career? Yeah, you know, your, your, your life is basically over, is what the Barbie movie is saying there, if you don't choose to be a mum. And it's, it's just, again, it's very peculiar that so many feminists view this as a feminist movie <laughs> because it's. That's all of feminism just gone, evaporated away. Barbie's like, no, I'm not a feminist. I don't want to be. I'm going to be a mum. It's like, I've got a vagina. Do you remember I sent you, I don't know if you did, I sent you a video of uh, some guy destroying some OnlyFans girls. And what I found funny is that uh, the people making these clips keep labeling OnlyFans girls as feminists now. Yeah. It's just like feminists destroyed. And that's what a feminist has become. Like the OnlyFans girl is the end point. Yeah. I would be really funny if they went back to Barbie world and just like they've become OnlyFans thoughts. Like some of them are dressing up as men. It's just a. But that that is these these women are like okay. A product of Barbie wanted on had a family. What have you guys been up to? No. But the, the but that's the, the, these these are the product of feminism, right? These are the end stage of feminism, where right? it's a totally liberated woman who's liberated from the very concept of shame or sexual um, conservatism at all. Like, you know, no, you, you can just you know there are going to be an army of simps out Make there. hundred grand a year. You're girl bossing it up. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to die alone. And it's Barbie chooses the opposite. Well, we're out of time. I think we are. I, I don't know if you want to do the sign off. I think it's your hosting. I am, but uh, it's all right. You're better at it. Now. All right. Well, if you uh, if you want more, go to this website or site. 
I was doing the outros earlier, and ironically, for testing the audio, I ended up shouting at the camera. It's just like, how do you not know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do these outros. I'm like, oh, by the way, there's a website. It's like, as if anyone watching is like, really? Might be the first video of ours they watched. <laughs> Hello, feminist <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's come to read about why Ken is horrible. No, it turns out he's good. Anyway, um, yeah, go to the website, do that. Uh, otherwise, back tomorrow. Bye-bye.